This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, the Clarets are away at Manchester City with the specific aim to not lose 5-0. This is the Known and Ever podcast. Welcome to another Groundhog Day edition of the Known and Ever podcast. Now, I'm not going to be your host this week because I'm otherwise engaged. So instead, we handed over the reins to George and to Richard, who sat down to have a bit of a chinwag and figure out what on earth went wrong again at the weekend. Do enjoy. Oh, wow, we're live. <laughs> We've had such a nightmare there trying to get, trying to get our podcasting platform to work. <laughs> Yeah, we're the students here, but we're trying to play the teachers, aren't we? We are deep in the Etihad. We're at Man City away. Just to set the scene, it's now 7.32 and we should have started recording at 7. So that's that's how far behind schedule we are. Yeah, the missus isn't going to be um, too happy when I get home an hour late. <laughs> Wait, do, I'm sick of you doing these Burnley podcasts. You're doing enough for watching them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. I am that sad. <laughs> you caused enough misery watching watching them lose. Never mind talking about it. Yeah, I know. Kind of, she's like, she says to me, like, I, I understand why you do a podcast when you win, but what do you want to get talking about? You lose, you you lost five nil. <laughs> what can you possibly do a podcast for an, an hour for? <laughs> oh, you don't know the half of it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you never heard of VAR? <laughs> oh, <laughs> could talk about that for a To be honest, I'm not going way off topic here, and she doesn't listen to it anyway. But like, <laughs> she said to me when when we actually met I, I didn't mind football too much but she said you're so obsessive and annoying about it and it affects your mood so much I actually hate football <laughs> she said I don't she said the perfect result for me is a draw because when you lose your soul can win and when you win you're too happy oh, <laughs> nice one <laughs> my flatmate you get, get too fed up a bit sometimes <laughs> But how are you doing, Richard? Yeah, I'm very good, George. I'm very good. Um, I think both of us have kind of had a bit of a, a bout of the old COVID. Uh, yeah. So I got it a few weeks ago. So yeah, kind of self-isolating myself. But yeah, kind of back in school at the moment. It's, it's quite hectic and everything like that. But yeah, doing 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 pretty well. Even though we lost on Saturday, 
least I celebrated a Clarets win recently. But yeah, and yourself, George? Yeah, not too bad. Like I think we were saying in our group chat, I think there's maybe four of the known and ever teams had COVID recently. <laughs> Seems we're getting picked up, picked off one by one. So maybe Rovers are in charge of. Uh... The disease at this point because we're getting taken yeah. down. But luckily, I've I've got over it now, and yeah, it's not too bad. Just got a bit of a cough remaining, but apparently that can take a while to go. So if I can, if I cough during the episode, I've got an excuse. But I should be back up north soon. Got I had my first test, student test this morning, tested negative. So fingers crossed on Saturday that one comes out negative as well, and I can. Uh, Get back home yeah. into tier three. How exciting is that? Yeah. So you're you're in Bath at the moment, George. Is that in tier two? Yeah, we've come into Tier 2 today. I mean, not that it really affects much. It's just, uh, yeah, Tier 2 today. I think you can have a substantial meal at the pub, but, yeah, I don't fancy going and buying a carvery just to get one pint, to be honest. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> up here, yeah, like you said, pubs. Was that, I thought that video was absolutely brilliant of the old fella on his um, on his mobile wheelchair. Did you see it, George, on the ITV? <laughs> I know exactly what you're on about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this your happy place? No, bloody miserable. What do you expect? Pubs are shut. <laughs> Pubs are shut. Yeah, that's me on a weekend after teaching uh, te- teenagers five days a yeah. week. Hang on, I've got the video here. I'm going to play it on the podcast. Oh. I hope I know we don't get copyrighted for this. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get ITV on the. We'll we'll get ITV to produce a mat. <laughs> oh, it's been my favourite video of the year. That it just some. I think Jordan North and, and that yeah. old fella just sum up Burnley perfectly, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they've got like full of absolute characters. The personalities just bob on for the people from 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 around Burnley and the Lancashire area. I've got the video here. <laughs> me, sir. Sorry to bother you. Can we just ask you how happy you're feeling right now? I'm bloody miserable, actually. Bugs are killed. What do you expect? <laughs> he doesn't have a clue what to say either in response. No, just I just love the way he just. And then, and then he yeah, just from the reporter. I'm not. I've got. I've got stuff to do, but I think uh, that that or that fella or that outstanding gentleman's mood kind of um, epitomised what everybody was feeling after about five minutes at the Etihad, didn't it, George? Knowing we was in for another absolute drumming. Yeah, I've I've quickly grown to hate that place. I've been to, yeah, the last three times we've lost 5-0. I think I've been to all three of them. And then in the cup, we've definitely lost a drubbing as well. Not quite a 5-0, but we, we've got drubbed in the cup a couple of times as well. Uh, whenever that fixture comes up, I mean, I didn't even want to watch on Saturday. I was drawn into it just by the necessity to watch. But, God, it was awful, wasn't it, really? Yeah, even like the, you know, I'll go back to that in a minute. Even the home game at Turf Mall, did we concede five? Or was it four when Drinkwater played and then... We never seen him again oh, around yeah. a similar time to year to this, wasn't it? It was a cold midweek night in December. You know, we'll... yeah, we went we went five in the midfield because that's why Drinkwater played. But it, I think the game just totally bypassed him. Yeah, yeah. I think many ga- <laughs> I think there's many games that's bypassed him recently, aren't there? But yeah, like you said, it was kind of you feel out of a necessity to watch the game, and you you know, I think I think this is my problem, even though I. I fully expected us to lose. I still had that tiny little bit of hope that I think, well, you never know, City's not playing quite as well. And then, um, obviously, conceded that first goal so early, which which was avoidable. And then from there, they, they, they settled down, they relaxed into the game. And you, you, you can criticise the defending, and rightly so, but, you know, they get when they when they get the bit between the teeth, the way they move the ball, it, it's so fast. And even when then, when you win the ball back, 
know, they, they win it back so quickly and it feels like they just suffocate you more than any other team when they're on top and yeah, we just couldn't get any foothold in the game and I seen a start, I think they only had six shots they only had six shots on target and they scored five of them. Um yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So they were actually like really clinical as well, but yeah, it was just kind of a one nil down after so long, you just knew it's game over. Yeah, six shots on target, and the, yeah, they scored five of them. I might be That's wrong. Just I'm, just, are, I'm sure I've seen that somewhere. I've not checked before it, by the way. Yeah. I'm not as kind of. I don't do my research that much for the podcast, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, I've just checked it on BBC. I mean, as soon as the goal went in on six minutes, I mean, I just tweeted, you know, here we go. And I think everyone else felt the same. It, it, as soon as it, that went in, you just knew it happens every time. The floodgates open then. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a bit of credit here because before the game started, I put a little uh, story on Instagram and I, I pointed out that I was back back from my bike ride in time for Manchester City 5, Burnley 0. And that was before before kickoff. There you go, Mystic George. <laughs> yeah. If I just, if I just um, predict a few Burnley wins, maybe we'd start doing a bit better. But after, the, after that first opener, it, obviously it just seemed like the floodgates opened a bit. We, we held out for another 14 or 15 minutes or so, but then I think, was it Kyle Walker that scored the second? No, it was Mares um, scored the second again. It was from that throw in. We just switched off a little bit and kind oh, of right. yeah. cut inside. I think Taylor and me, and then slotted it in past Paul Bailey. And then I think Mendy scored the third. If that maybe a defender, if you're thinking of it, yeah, that's the one. And that yeah, because it was three 0 at half time, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Mares is turned quickly. I saw Chris Borden tweet the other day. Mares is just turning into like the new Aguero and David Nugent against us. I think he scored something like nine goals in eight games against us now. Wow, that's a that's a big start. I remember the first season we come up to the Premier League under Daesh and the season we went down, Ben Mee was playing left-back and Mahrez was playing on the wing for Leicester. And it was the year before <laughs> Leicester won the league and he was still relatively un- unknown at that point. And he absolutely ripped Ben Mee apart. We, you know, <laughs> we just couldn't cope for him. He's just one of those players who we just find really difficult and... I think just everything with City, obviously, we've we've not got a lot of confidence, you know, had a bit of a makeshift team and yeah, I think just the way they way, the way they play, they love getting the ball out wide, you know, they love getting the obviously the full backs bombing forward, obviously then De Bruyne kinda of gets that space, doesn't he, where you know, he links in out wide to get those crosses in and because we defend so narrow, I think it's just one team that we just really struggle to play against. We've kinda of, just got no answers for them and, and Dice has, you know, tried to play four five one, you know, and maybe went to a bit of a four three three on on Saturday and whatever happens, it, it it just doesn't seem to work. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I'm not sure if I heard it on a. It might have been maybe you that said it in a past podcast last week. Um, it might have been Tom. It, City are a team that because we defend so narrow, they they're probably the best team in the league for actually stretching the play wide. And as soon as you get stretched wide against a team like that. Obviously, with the quality they've got, the quick passing, they're going to start tearing through you. And when you've got Kevin De Bruyne sitting around the edge of the box, there's always going to be a ball into the box, which is going to create a good chance. And we just seem to get ripped apart by that, no matter how we set up, because fundamentally we defend as a narrow team. Um, So we seem to really struggle against that. De Bruyne got a lovely assist at the weekend as well, didn't he? And Was it Mahrez he played in? or I can't remember the, the goal. I think uh, he was the Mendy. Mendy, yeah. Mendy. It's a beautiful it was, cross, yeah. though. Yeah, you, I mean, there's not much can do about that. It's not like we've made any individual errors. It's just the fact that we've been completely stretched, torn apart, 
and De Bruyne is sitting at the edge of the box ready to just whip in a and put it on a plate for, for Mendy to score the third just before half-time. I, I don't know what Dyche does to even counteract this in the future. I know. It's been I four don't. games on the bounce now, hasn't it? I think... I think the only goal I can be critical of is the first goal with Tarkovsky because he has given the ball away and he's left a massive gap. But I think all the other goals are just top players who who think about the game so much quicker than our lads do. And that's why they're worth 50, 60. You know, De Bruyne's the best player I've seen live in the Premier League. How how much would would, would somebody pay for him? It'd be an astronomical amount of money. Um you know, and and that's just the class and and the, and the difference. And I've you know I've seen people on on Twitter, and everyone's got a right to their opinion by saying, you know, yes, City are a great team, they've got great players, but would other teams come here and get rolled over as consistently as what we do? And I can I can take that on board. Um, but yeah, it's just everything's just so fast the way they play. The tempo's really high. And it's almost like before you blink, it's like bam, bam, bang, and and they're in and they've scored, and you kind of think, have they done that? We was comfortable yeah, for five minutes. There were spells in the game where we were actually quite comfortable. We, you know, we got on the ball and then you just give it away once and they just punish you. And you know that's the difference where you know you got that Palace game. McNeil gives the ball away, or you know, and and obviously Bushwaii misses. But again, but against City, you you get punished for your mistakes like that and giving the ball away and. Yeah, it turned out to be a pretty um, torturous afternoon, and you know, at least the one positive, at least Peacock Farrell didn't get an own goal on his debut. <laughs> yeah, and two own goals at that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. well, I forgot about that. that one. He just basically just like <laughs> thought it was a bar of soap, and he actually threw it into the net. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that he was, he was one of a couple who uh, made the debuts at the weekend. Him and uh, Josh Benson. Now I remember watching Benson. Um, I think it was the, the pre-season of 2018. Against and, Fleetwood. Uh, against Fleetwood, yes. yeah. yeah. I, thought he was, I thought he was brilliant in that game. You know, he looked like a cracking player. Um, and I've sort of kept an eye on him since and thought, you know, it'd be nice if he can get into the side. And he's not even, I think he might have been on the bench recently because of our small squad, but it's not like he's come on for sub-appearances or anything. So then when it came to two o'clock on Saturday and then it, it, it came through Josh Penson starting away at Man City... You know, what did you feel about that? I mean, it surprised me for sure. Well, anyone's better than Dale Stevens, isn't it, George? So, uh, could have <laughs> put... teamed you up perfectly there, haven't it... I? Natalie's going Natalie's to tell me off. Yeah, it could the have put... Dale Stevens brigade continues. It could have put me in central midfield and, and it'd have been more mobile than him. I'm only joking, <laughs> Dale, if you listen to the podcast. Love you, really. Um, do you know what? I was, I was excited. You know, it's kind of, we come to City anyway. You know, we're probably going to get beat. It's kind of, what else do you do? And I thought, you know what, it's it's something different. And I thought, for me, that was the main positive. I thought, when he got on the ball, he looked assured. He looked looked calm. You can tell he's got a lot of quality to his game. Um, And like you were saying, I remember watching him at, at Fleetwood in that friendly. And, you know, quite regularly, you go to friendlies and young players play. And um, I remember Ali Koki was playing in the same game and I wasn't, Again, not not writing him off. I, I just didn't think he stood out at all. But there was something about Benton, wasn't there, in that game, the way he, he got on the ball. and Yeah, he just got his foot on it and, and yeah. drove and drove it forward. And I, to be honest, I, he did it a couple of times at the weekend as well. It, it, there was a couple of times when he was under pressure and he just, you know, turned turned a man in, and, and turned the player forward. And to have that sort of composure on your debut away at Man City, and especially in a drubbing like we got... I thought it was quite impressive, and it's good to see another young lad um, as well as McNeil. Obviously, McNeil's the last one we saw come through. It's good to see another guy get get a go, really. 
Yeah, I thought, like you said, I thought he was excellent. He, he reminds me a little bit of Ward Prowse. And, and I'm not just saying that because, obviously, you're seeing from the free kick, he nearly scored. You know, that midfielder, not the tallest, quite diminutive, but got a yeah. lovely touch on the ball, wants to drive the play forward, works hard. I think, ho- hopefully, he'll get more minutes this season. And, and I think he'll be a, a pretty key player for us moving forward. You know, we've, we have got an ageing squad, obviously, players, you know, Cork's out of contract. You know, obviously in his position, you know, is it, you know, we have got to start blooding these youngsters. And I think that's the one thing at the moment that's given me a lot of positivity about the club um, is our youth system. Obviously, Dunn made his debut. You've got young Bobby Thomas, who to me, I, th- I thought played excellent away at Millwall. So you have got the, I think there's like that, um, is it Thompson and Richardson who's coming through a highly yeah, rated? Lewis, Lewis, Rich, Lewis Richardson, I think the striker, yeah. yeah. So, for fun. Yeah. yeah, that's a positive for me is that we've got these young lads coming through and hopefully, you know, we keep saying maybe ALK do take over or in January get a few signings. But yeah, hopefully he gets more minutes. And obviously if he plays against Everton on Saturday, I I really wouldn't be opposed to it. But I, I think Brownell's fit, isn't it? So I think I'll go back to Brownell yeah. and Westy and then probably Goodmanson out wide. Yeah, we'll probably go back to a 4-4-2. But um, obviously we've just mentioned Josh Benson, the, the other debutant for the Premier League at least was there. Uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell, who he came to the club with, you know, a lot of plaudits. He'd done well at Leeds, maybe come out the side a bit, but he's he's always played well for his country. Um, oh, forgive me, I don't know if he's Republican. I think he's North he's Northern, Island. yeah, because yeah, Northern Ireland played well. For, you've you've saved me there. <laughs> <laughs> he plays well for uh, for Northern Ireland, so he's, he's come with. <laughs> I almost did it again. <laughs> he's come with a good reputation, and unfortunately, Saturday just didn't quite work out for him, did it? Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Listen, uh, like you said, I was quite confident with him going in. You know, what watching him for his country. Who does he play for, George? <laughs> what? Uh, I'm sure it's Northern Ireland, and I, I've never said anything differently. No, definitely not. Yeah, so he's done well uh, for you know for Northern Ireland, and I watched a bit of a game he had against uh, Holland, where like Northern Ireland got battered, and he made some unbelievable saves, and he did look nervous. And obviously, when you concede, you know, a couple of goals so early, your confidence is going to go down, and we can't sugarcoat it. It, it. it was a difficult afternoon for him. And, you know, where Benson it did impress, he, he didn't, you know, you can't say he did impress really. But at the same time, he's a young lad. You know, it's, a, it's such a hard game coming into. Um, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be absolutely fine. Hopefully we'll, we'll still have a, a bit of Pope left in us for a, a couple of seasons uh, at least. But if he keeps developing, obviously with the goalkeeping team, with Billy Mercer and, um, under his uh, obviously guidance, I think he'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, tough afternoon. But I felt for him a little bit because what a baptism of fire that was. Yeah, to have, I mean to, to come in for a city game where we all knew we were going to get hammered. I mean that's that's the reason why I was actually like glad to see Benson because it was a case of we're, we're going to lose anyway. So what does it matter? Just give him a go. Yeah. But well, poor Peacock Farrell. I mean, you know, conceding five. Admittedly, I don't think maybe even one of them was his fault. But obviously, there was the two own goals which were cancelled for offside, which were pretty poor. Um, probably just showed, you know, a lack of confidence. But I was the same as you going into the game. I was, I was actually excited to watch him play. But hopefully, it's just a one-off. And you know, City away, you don't get you know much more of a bats of a fire than that, to be honest. And especially with the defence, that when we go to City, we just seem to crumble every time. And I want to ask you, like, why? Why do you think it is? You know. We do put a good fight against other top six teams, and it's not like every club goes to the city and loses five nil. 
it's just us every time. Obviously, psychologically, they probably go there with... Obviously, because a lot of our core team have obviously been together for so long, they kind of think, oh, here we go again, it's City. So it's kind of, you know, I don't know how much you've played, you know, but when you've played sport yourself, if you, you know, you know a team's got the wood on you, you know, when they have done for a few games, it's kind of, it is hard psychologically. Um, you know, again, people might disagree with this, but I think you do forget footballers are human beings sometimes and they're not robots. And so I think obviously the mental side of the game plays. Yeah, yeah, you know. I was about to say the exact same because I, I've, I'm guilty of this. You think of them like, you know, because the professional athletes get paid fifty grand a week, and you just think they're just robots. But then it, for me, it's been watching like the All or Nothing, uh, you know, Amazon series. Yeah, like, they've been great, haven't they? And and they make you realise it's like and and the Ben Foster uh, YouTube channel recently, yeah. the, the site from GK, and it makes you realise that oh, like these are just like literally just lads playing football. Just like any Sunday league team, it's just a difference. They're just playing to a higher standard, but it's still the exact same thing, and they probably still feel the exact same way about going to City as we as fans do. And you just you overlook that so much sometimes, and the effect it can have. Because I bet they do go to the Etihad and think, "Bloody hell, we'll probably be in for a rough day again today." And if they concede early, like we did at the weekend, well, it's just deja vu all over again, isn't it for them? Yeah, it's just heads down straight away. You know, if it's nil-nil after half an hour and the game settles down a bit, I always say this, against the top teams, you just need to ride the first 20 minutes or so and then you can get settled into the game then and, you know, they, they kind of ease off a little bit. You know, going up, you know, and going more to the technical side, which we alluded to earlier, we we love to defend the game now, don't we? And say to teams, yeah. get crosses in the box and, you know, we'll, we'll header them away all all day. But the way City play, they like getting the ball out wide, and the crosses they put in are, you know, are normally on on the floor, aren't they? And in and in behind the defence, you know, it's not like they're just playing hopeful crosses in and and, and hoping somebody's going to get behind it. So, you know, because we do play now, this 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 stretches so much. Our our, our wingers switch off. You know, there was one goal where, you know, Lawton come in a little bit and. Mendy should have been Rodriguez's man and, you know, probably Jay being a striker. Just switch, switched off for that split second. And obviously, Mendy's got the goal. Same for the throw-in. You, know, you just split, you know, switch off for that switch, uh, you know, split second and it's, you know, it's, it's in the back of the net. So, I think it's a combination of the psychological side of it, um, you know, kind of getting down, you know, conceding early and just in actually the way City set up just perfectly complements the, the game when we play them. So maybe Dyche has got to look at the drawing board and maybe if we play five at the back, I know we've not really done it before and I think the last time we did it was when we got battered Everton. against Everton, wasn't it? So he's probably yeah. been put off it. But, you know, what, why why not? And kind of just really load the bat four, or sorry, the you know, the bat five and get your wingers defending deep and just try and maybe defend it that way. But... I don't know. It's all well and good yeah. us on Twitter in it saying we need to do better, but what solutions do you know do you come up with? Yeah, I mean, we went to like a it was like a four two three one at the weekend because obviously we had J Rod playing and Barnes with McNeil in behind Chris Wood. But I mean, for me, it didn't really. It, obviously, it's hard to assess whether these things work. Um, in yeah. these one-off like, five-nil drubbins, and you know, you saw around like the 60th minute mark, I think, when they scored the fourth. Um, who was it? I think we brought on Eric Peters, didn't we? And and that was like the a nail on the head for the four-two-three-one. So yeah. it didn't seem to really work at the the weekend at all, did it? Yeah, but you know what? People criticise Dice for saying it's kind of he does the same thing all the time. So you so you then can't criticise him if he tries something new and it doesn't work. That's probably why he does stick to four-four-two because whenever we do I try and do something else, we're bloody useless at it. 
So he says, yeah. well, just do 4-4-2. Four, four, well, at least we've got a bit of a chance in the game. Um, yeah, exactly. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, so, and, and they trust that. One thing that annoyed me a little bit was, yeah, Taki give the ball away. But then the amount of people on Twitter, obviously he's done that interview and, and he does want to go fair enough, maybe down the line. But the amount of people that were saying, oh, Taki's not trying, you know, get rid of him in January <laughs> and all this. And you're like, Taki's not trying, but he's just con- kept two clean sheets in his last two games. And he was, and on um, the last game against Palace, he was throwing his body about everywhere. But just because yeah, he's given the ball away, he, he doesn't want to. That's one thing I just hate is when people correlate a bad performance with a lack of effort. Sometimes people are just better than you, <laughs> you know. And well, like we were touching on the psychological side of it, when people, you know, when when their heads drop and the slump shoulders, there's such a a tendency to think, oh, you know, this McNeil is not trying. He's looking at him not running back and stuff. But it's literally just like the psychological element of being four 0 down, yeah, away at sitting. And you know, in, you know, there's absolutely no chance we can get back into the game. There's not a chance, and yet you still got half an hour of football to play. Yeah, but you know, we kept going. You know, you, you could say like we we couldn't have ended up using eight or nine nil, but I think it's just one of them. It's kind of get it out of the way. People overall, you love, you know, you, you you're disappointed and whatever, but you but you go again for Everton this Saturday, which is. Um, with obviously Fulham winning on Monday, which is a bit disappointing, you know. Obviously, West Brom winning, yeah, which you probably would have preferred a Sheffield win if anyone was to win. Obviously, a draw would have been the ideal result. It's got us back into the bottom three, but yeah, big game on early kickoff. It's either going to make or break the weekend. Yeah, well, it is, it is interesting that the West Brom uh, beating Sheffield United the weekend and Sheffield United battered him. Did you watch it? Oh no, I watched the highlights and I saw a lot of the misses. The misses were awful. Oh, no wonder they've only scored four all season. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the worst. I've, I've read a stat. I'm pretty sure it was right. The worst start to a C- Premier League season a team's ever had. I know. One point in ten. We thought we were bad with five and nine. <laughs> I know. One in ten. Yeah. And it it just shows, doesn't it? Everyone goes, oh, you know, spend money, you'll be all right. Chef, you spent a lot of money in the summer, signed a lot of players, and on paper, good players. Yeah. I think Brewster costs like 20-odd million and... Yeah, and we bought Sander Burge, uh, the midfielder, in January yeah. for I think it's thirty-two million or some, you know, something silly like that. And obviously, something's just not going right with them this season. And it, it, I'm glad to see because at the start of the season, I'd have had my money on Fulham and West Brom going down. And then if we were having a bad season, then I'd be struggling to find anyone else for that bottom three. But the way yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the table now, I know it's early doors, but we are almost ten games in. You know, it's, it is going to be Sheffield United in a bit of a scrap down there with the rest of us. Yeah, well, you're looking at it. There are, I think, Fulham are on seven points, so they're already six points behind them. You know, we're at least. I think we play United, but at least we've got a game in hand against Fulham. You know, when you kind of maybe, you know, we have had some tough games recently, but like Sheffield United, it, it, it is worrying. I know it's not a Sheffield United podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah, they do look struggling. The one that worries me, I, I, I don't want to be doom and gloom because I think I've been quite positive so far. I thought Fulham, Fulham were good on Monday. I heard the same. I. Which will be? I watched it. Yeah, because normally Fulham, you think they might go two 0 up, but they might be a bit flaky. I know they conceded a goal late on, but they actually defended really well. So that worries me a little bit. But this leads to me. This leads on to another point I was going to bring up: the fact that the as I said, Fulham game didn't watch it. West Brom game, I didn't watch it. How was for you? Because I've I've talked to you know a few other Burnley fans I know, and they agree with me. How was like the COVID and the having not having fans in the ground? affected you watching neutral games because I know for me I've not watched match today all season 
And it's rare now that I turn on the telly and think, oh, you know, I'll go and see what football's on. Because it just doesn't... I've lost... I've completely lost connection with it myself for games that aren't Burnley. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think going back to what I said earlier about the missus hating football because of me, I think that sums it up. I think I'm just an absolute football obsessive geek, not whatever you call it. So, yeah, it, listen, for me, it's, it's, it's not the same. I don't enjoy it the same. VAR's actually put me off more than the fans not being there. Because the way I look at it, it's not like they don't want the fans to be there. It just it, it is what it is, and you, and you make the best out of that circumstance. It's better than having no football at all. But the the VAR one, that, that that's the one that's doing my head in. I don't think we're going to talk about that too much tonight because you could rant on about that for ages. But yeah, I've all right to be honest, George. I, I quite I still quite enjoy watching football. I, I can't. Well, I wish I, I had. Say I don't really. I did. I do wish I had your optimism. But a, a positive of me not watching a lot of games this season is that I've I've seen it flaring up on Twitter that you know the tide has turned now. You know, from my echo chamber, at least that the public opinion's gone against VAR. Uh, but luckily, I've managed to avoid a lot of the controversy this season just by burying my head in the sand. I think it's just it's just getting daft now, isn't it? It's getting a game made by robots and lines and stuff like that. And it looks like you're in a maths lesson when you're watching that offside stuff come up. Yeah. You know, and then, oh, so you know, and just get on with the game. Just get on with the game. It's kind of, even when Wood scored that goal against Palace, and you know what Wood's like, you're celebrating and you're like, oh, bloody hell, it's Wood. You're going to be offside. And then you celebrate. It's kind of like, you won't. Go on, you go. Pardon? <laughs> no. I was just saying, sometimes I only celebrate a goal once they've kicked off the opposition team. So, yeah. but yeah, I don't want to talk about that too much tonight. But yeah, going, yeah, I kind of, do you know what I, I I have more interest watching the games that like Fulham and Leicester play in. Do you know that like Fulham and Leicester game mm. or the West Brom Sheffield than kind of like when Spurs played Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, when Spurs played Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? Because because it impacts us a little bit more. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Because them them games, you know, you're looking at it with half an eye trying to enjoy the game, but half an eye thinking, right, who do I want to win this? Uh, yeah. With an eye on the table, and especially. Maybe not in the last couple of seasons for us because we've you know we've we've done quite well, but with this season you know we're probably going to be going into relegation battle again. It's ever more important to keep an eye on those sort of things. But I think moving on, we'll go to the obviously we've talked the death out of City and over the last you know two two and a half years we've talked the death over five nil losses away at City and I'm fed up of it myself. I don't want to hear about that team until we play them ever again until we play them again. So we'll move on to the FA Cup draw. And thankfully, okay, yeah. thankfully this this time, it, I mean, there was a funny tweet from the admin. We didn't draw Manchester City yeah. in the early rounds of the FA Cup, and we did in fact draw MK Dons at home. If I'm right, yeah, correct. Um, MK franchise at home, <laughs> we've got. So, um, yeah, cold. I went, remember went there when years ago. I've been there twice, and it's bloody freezing both times down at down in Milton Keynes. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a decent good draw, isn't it? Home draw against a lower league team. Hopefully we progress. Um I think we got Peterborough at home, didn't we, last year, and then we got City away in the fourth round. Yeah, you're right. We we so, were all thinking, you know, oh, nice draw finally at home, we'll get through this round, and then the next round we drew City away. It is mad that, isn't it? Then we got them in the League Cup this season, we're actually on a little bit of a run and doing well. Yeah. Hopefully it gets I don't know who they've got. Hopefully City get knocked out when we don't draw <laughs> yeah. them. Um yeah, so no, it's 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 a nice draw. It'd be good to have a cup run. 
But knowing our luck, we'd probably get to Wembley and we wouldn't be able to go. Yeah, this is the thing. I don't know if, if, if I could choose. I mean, you can't, you've got to accept it when it comes because it oh, all yeah, comes yeah. around every so often. But it would be a shame if, if this was to be our year of having a cup run and reaching the latter stages and we couldn't actually go to the games. Uh, but I agree. So, a really nice draw, that. And hopefully one we can, you know, it's not like a lower league team that I'd particularly worry about. Uh, I know, like, if, yeah. if we got, you know, a, champion, a championship, you know, a mid-table team, you'd be worried because they'd have a little say about it. But we, we should, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, not being too disrespectful to the franchise, but we should not out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It actually, it's reminded me of something. I saw on Twitter today, I think it was uh, Dave, uh, you know, from No Name Ever, Dave uh, tweeted that on this day 12 years ago, actually, was um, Kevin McDonald scored two goals at home against Arsenal in the Carling Cup. That what a night. Round. Were you on the turf that night? Yeah, I was. I went to every single game in that cup run, home and a, the... I think we played a, f- a few home games and, yeah, went to every single game, which was unbelievable. That That is... That second... I know, are we going off topic too much? No, Tom? no, I, uh, I did, want, sorry, I did I, want to move us on to this League Cup and I was just going to ask you memories of it because yeah. obviously you're a bit... I, I, don't want to, I don't want to expose your age, but you're a bit older than me, so you'll remember it better. A little bit. Yeah, I'm all right. I, I said, um, you know, yeah, I'm not old, old, uh, <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm 28 in March, so you know, I'm still pretty young. But yeah, I was kind of, I was in year, year 11 actually. But yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, that's the only time I've actually cried at a football game is when Pavlyuchenko scored that equaliser. Yeah, I, I'm so I just absolutely burst out crying, um, and you know, I was proper upset on my way home and. I remember just getting in the car journey on the way. I just didn't speak at all. But then contrasting to that, um, went to Chelsea away, which was un- like at the time it was an unbelievable novelty. Yeah, you know, going Chelsea away and I was there, really yeah. packed out. Oh, was you yeah. there, there, George? Yeah, I, was there as well. I was in only about yeah, it must have been seven or eight. Yeah, we took. Brilliant. I, I, I told the story on the podcast a few weeks ago. You know, I took the day off school, went down. It was, well, it was just bonkers. You, you think. Now we sort of, you know, whether we try to or not, we've sort of gotten used to going away to those sort of grounds. But at the time, as you say, it was just such a novelty to go to Chelsea and to have Didier Drogba throwing coins at us. What, yeah, a, what a treat. That was great. <laughs> no, <laughs> what a treat. I can scoring. Another <laughs> cult hero. Um, but yeah, I've got a similar story. It's a bit older. I, I was in year 11 and I was doing my mock exams at the time. And... You know, my head of year, obviously, knew I was a Mad Burnley fan, and um, he said, "You're not going to this game because you'll be missing two days, and you've got a, like you've got two mock exams, <laughs> blah de blah." So, my dad rung. So, my dad got in trouble with the school too. My dad rung up. Richard's not well, but I was like, if you say <laughs> that, the teacher can't really say anything. But no, then, on the night of the game, I was there, uh, right in the centre of the screen with my top off. No, <laughs> so the. Yeah. T- yeah, so the telly seen me. So when I got back into school the next day, I got a month's detention from the head of year. You could tell he was a science teacher. No disrespect yeah, to any science teachers out there. The if it was the PE teacher, no. you'd be right. <laughs> oh, yeah, my PE teacher, shout out to Mr. Murphy. I don't think he listens, but yeah, he was absolutely buzzing. And um, I remember, I don't think it helped when um, he said, well, what have you got to say to yourself? And I went, oh, Akin Bay is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like me thinking, Haha, aren't I funny? <laughs> I, yeah. I was the same actually but, uh, on, that, on that night. I remember um, we obviously got the coach from Burnley early, early, early doors. And yeah. the TV crew were there from Sky Sports and they filmed and they filmed me and my dad getting on the coach and all the way down to Chelsea. My dad was going, oh, blood, I think I think we've been caught there on camera. 
you'll have to explain it to you when you go back to school. But I, I again on the, the Tottenham game from that that League Cup run, it it was just unbelievable to to go three 0 up and then the the goals we scored, the, the Robbie Blake just putting it past Ben Anik, I yeah. think it was, and then Jay, and then obviously Jay to have that third goal, it being so scrappy as well. And I I remember that the, the day after, I know you said you cried that night. I, I was the same. I was I was in year yeah. I think I was in year three at the time, and I went into school the next day. And my teacher was a, a woman called Mrs. Foster, and she was a Burnley fan too. And she and in the form in the morning, I was sat there with tears in my eyes, and she came <laughs> over and she goes, "I know, George, it's all right. I feel the exact same. It's awful, isn't it? It's awful." Yeah, <laughs> that, well, yeah I think. Oh, that that season was amazing. I kind of grew up with mediocrity with Burnley. Yeah. I was a bit. I remember us getting promoted in two thousand, but not really. And then for for years, really, we were just coasting in the championship in the Cottrell days. Yeah. And you know, I, I won't forgive Kyle. Really, I think it's a bit like your missus sleeping with so with another fella. <laughs> you kind of times a healer, but you don't always uh, forgive him. I think that's like me. But at the same time, you know unbelievable memories that season and obviously having the disappointment of the cup to then winning at Wembley that was it made it quieter unbelievable what a a day that was though you know boiling hot weather yeah yeah, you know and I I was there with you know with all my family who support Burnley it was just a amazing days and you kind of look back and I think that started you know the last 10 years or so now has been an unbelievable journey hasn't it so yeah and that that cup run is as amazing as it was it did make going to Wembley for, I think it probably spurred the players on, and I, and obviously, and it made it sweeter for us when we when we got there in the playoff final. It just made that day like the stuff of dreams. It was just the accumulation of that entire season, and with there being you know forty five thousand tickets for us, yeah, unbelievable. Every Burnley fan you speak to who's worth his salt was at, was at Wembley and in that same stadium that day. It's like a shared experience of the entire fan base. When you ask them, oh, where did you watch, you know, the Wembley game while I was there? That's all they say. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Because everyone was there. I think, like, people like Clavert's fans in Australia and and, and stuff and living in Asia were were come over for the game. And I know I'd I'd be the same if ever I I end up on my travels for whatever reason or not and there was such a big game, I'd definitely get on the plane back for, you know, for such an occasion. But, yeah, kind of... Yeah, going back to the cup, it, it'd be amazing to you know to get to the last rounds and, uh, but you know going this season, I think Dice is obviously definitely going to prioritise the league, isn't he? So yeah, I, I think Dice will be prioritising the, the you know the Premier League, especially you know with us having a tough start to the season. We're obviously going to be in a relegation battle, so it, it will be interesting to see how far we can go in 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 the FA Cup. But I was I was just going to ask you, Richard, have you managed to uh, listen to? Dion Dublin's done a podcast with Daesh this week. I listened to it and it was brilliant. No, I've not listened to it yet. I've been kind of listening to um, a different podcast because obviously other podcasts are available other than the known and ever one. Um, no, I've, I've I've not listened to it, George, but I've heard it's good. Is it? Is it worth? Li- obviously, anything to do with Daesh is is worth listening to. But yeah, it really is interesting. Um, you know, just I think he's done a couple of this summer hit with the he did the one on the the high performance podcast as well, uh, and I think with Dion Dublin he, he opens up quite a bit because I think he used to play with Dion uh, back in the day. But it was interesting a, a couple of times you could you could tell the sort of determination and drive of of Dash's even when he was back as a player because 
a few times throughout the podcast, he'd say, you know, something managerial sounding. And Dion would say, oh, I, I never used to, to hear you speak like that, Sean, when, you know, when we are in the change rooms. And, and Dash should reply with, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't say it, but it didn't mean, didn't mean I wasn't thinking it. You know, so you could just tell there, he's obviously, he's had his eye on this for quite a long time. Yeah, I think that's. I think he's. I think one thing about him is every time he talks, he comes across really well, doesn't he? No matter what setting he's in, um, whether it's a more serious setting or you know maybe like a podcast where it's a little bit more laid back. And he, I think for me personally, who at times does get emotional, especially after we've lost and you know oh it's the end of the world and everything like that. When I hear him speak, it's like it's soothing. Do you yeah. get what I mean? And it kind of like, it, it brings me back down to earth a little bit. And I think that's something that he's really, obviously, why he's so good at, at his job is that he doesn't get too high when we win. He doesn't get too high, uh, uh, sorry, too down when we lose. Um, and I think he's, he's just a real calming influence. But at the same time, I think the players definitely know uh, who's in charge. Yeah, I, I mean, imagine us, to, imagine us two as managers at Turf. I mean, I struggle enough keeping my emotions in check when I'm playing football manager. There's a new feature on the game this year where you can throw the water bottle in the change rooms. Let's just say I've been using that feature quite a lot. <laughs> oh, I'd be terrible. I'd be subbing people <laughs> off after 10 minutes. I'd want to make eight substitutions. I think for me, if I was manager of Burnley, the five substitutions would definitely help, but I'd want to bring people back on who have subbed off. <laughs> yeah, I was too so, quick. Quick, get it back on. Yeah. No, I've done it wrong. I've, oh, bloody hell. I've brought Stevens on in the chaos. <laughs> Get off. The big, things must really have gone badly if you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, after the game, I'd be going, I'd be fuming in the press conferences. If we lose, oh, there'd be no holding me back. There'd be no this uh, diplomacy that Dice, uh, that Dice operates. I think it'd be full barrel, full barrel, more like an Ian Holloway style attack of the players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I think I'd be more a Paolo Di Canio, <laughs> just going absolutely nuts. And then if and then if I was uh, in, in in charge, if we want to play at Blap, then I do the full knee slide uh, towards the Darwin end just to just to just yeah. To I think give that's that's what we uh, the most emotion we got out of Dice. You know, it was like you know the Chelsea fist bump, and then at Rovers he came over yeah. and pointed at the crowd. Uh, he would, but yeah, I think if it was us too. I think we'd be sliding all our way down the Darwin end. I would love to see him though. Do you know, say if it did go to the last yeah. game of the season and we stayed up with like a last minute like? winner. Would he still have the same action where he just does, does that little like head tilt back and then he goes yeah, forward, like, doesn't he? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Or, or would he actually like give it some if yeah, we scored in the last minute? That would be a test, wouldn't it? That would be a serious test of how calm he can he can stay. Yeah. It might just be like eight years of pent-up frustration of uh, Mike Garlett would all be let out in this moment. <laughs> And he start doing like a Mourinho at the new camp, running running across to the director's Cup, box. Cupping his ears. <laughs> Cupping his ears. I've like your team. <laughs> well, it's now, um, I know we, we've just, uh, we'll let you in listeners to our behind the scenes of it here. We've had an absolute nightmare with the, the whole uh, Wi-Fi dropping out and everything. And we've just been talking and Rich has said it'll probably be time for his bed by the time we finish this podcast. So have you got a nightcap there with you ready? No, I've, I, I did have a, a beer. I actually cooked tea for night tonight for once. So I did have a bit of a beer with me tea, but I did reveal something on oh, our It was shocking. It was shocking. Maybe... Listeners, I, honestly, I mm. need to just prepare you. You know, at the start of shows, warning, 
the next content is not suitable for young ears, or the next bit of content isn't suitable for Burnley fans, because it's absolutely shameful. Go ahead, Rich, I've, uh, I've, I've opened the floor for you. I think this is the first time I've I've ever told anyone of a you know really of ever Burnley fans. Yeah, yeah. I've never had a Benny and Hot. No, I've never tried it. <laughs> it doesn't particularly. Um, I don't particularly fancy it really that much, to be honest. I've got to say, I don't know why. Maybe I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I'm not from Burnley. I don't obviously like Tom's from Derby, isn't he? I think there's a lot of exiled Clavets, isn't there, around different parts of the country. Um. So it'll be interesting to see what yeah, the we'll theories have, are. Yeah, we'll have to ship them. Yeah, is it like whiskey? Is it like whiskey? To be honest, I can't really describe it. It's just like, oh, it's just so, it's so nice with just a, a boiling water. And be, obviously, that's the Benny and Hot. I've had, when I was operating on the budget in first year, I'd have the Benny and Hot. And if we were having a night out, I'd do the shots of Benny. <laughs> so it's, it's a multi... Flat is... Oh, <laughs> it's a multifunctional drink. Yeah, yeah. Your flatmates down south must think you're out with you. They had no clue. And I mean that in a nice way, by the way. I mean that in a compliment. <laughs> they had no clue what I was pulling out the cupboard. But they, they came, they got yeah. used to it uh, in the in the days of I'm a Celeb last year. And I'd come into the lounge with my Benny and Ot, ready to uh, settle down for the night. And uh, yeah, then when, when times got hard, it turned into a, into a shot drink as well. So it's a multifunctional drink. And I think, you know, at the end of last season, we had, you know, a few beers sent to each member of the panel. Well, I think next year we've we've got to tell producer Matt, Natalie, get this man some Benedictine. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, yeah. I'd be quite happy with a few cans of Carlin myself. I'm quite boring. <laughs> so it's now it's now half past eight. You've not got a nightcap, so it's going to be a struggle. But you know, we've, no. we've, we've the missus is going to yeah. kick off when I get in. Yeah, when we've late. we've we've spent an hour and a half supposedly on this podcast, which is I think now at about. And we'll probably get eight yeah, minutes got, worth. Eight minutes worth of appropriate <laughs> content. But I, I just wanted to touch base with you. Obviously, it's the second of December now, uh, and, and this morning the mm. news came through: um, the vaccine, you know, the Pfizer vaccine has been approved, and it's going to get into rollout next week. You know, how do you see this affecting football in the near future? And just on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you about this news? Yeah, we got obviously. We're stepping on dangerous territory, aren't we, with the vaccine stuff? I don't want to upset people if, if they go on one fence, but you know, I think it's a massive positive, isn't it? I think if it's having this vaccine, if it's a uh, what we need to get back to normal, normal life, as of our life what it was before, and for you know, for me and you, and obviously lots of Burnley fans, a big part of our life, or for me, probably the the thing I look forward to the most was was going to the game. So. Obviously, we're still in tier three at the moment. It's frustrating that, you know, even if you can only have a couple of thousand, I think it would have been great, even if I even if I wasn't selected in the ballot, just to see a couple of thousand fans um, at Turf Moor. So hopefully with the, with the vaccine coming, obviously we've still got the numbers to go down, um, which is which is obviously how, how, how long's a piece of string and I'm definitely not an <laughs> expert on any of that stuff, but... Listen, maybe in if this maybe in the new year it'd be listen it'd be unbelievable kind of going to the you know going to the turf again. It's just, I've never had this long not going, and I've I've definitely missed it. It's almost become a bit of a norm watching it on the telly, which is sad. Yeah, isn't it really? Do you get what I mean? It's not normal, but well, it, this, it, it I, has. yeah, this, I've been writing a little piece for the the Clarence Trust newsletter that will be coming out before long, and. Nice, um, yeah. What we've been, what I've been talking about is like how COVID's affected football, and I, I reflected on it in the fact that 
obviously a lot of fans are now sharing the same experience that I sort of experienced with uh, going to going to university, and I know probably lots of Burnley fans have in that you can't go to suddenly you, you stop going to home games because I'm halfway down the country and the away games completely dry up mm. just because of, of money and you know wanted to experience first year of uni. So I had that from September of like not really going to games, and now I see that's the case for you know all fans when we're out of the ground, and it, it's just it's not even. I, I thought Alice Campbell was really good on this when he came on the pod a few weeks ago. It's not just the the football we're missing the, and the physical act of watching football. It's just the routine. And, you know, I, I was writing about it, yeah. go, getting up at 3am to get an Aki Claret's coach down to Brighton for a nil-nil draw. I miss that more than you can, I miss that more <laughs> than I can really explain. And just meeting up with mates, going on away games, going to home games with my dad. It's, and I know Natalie's struggled. Obviously, she's only seen her dad a few times. We've, we've been away for football. Tom's down in Derby. It's just you miss that routine of, of going to games. And I think the sooner we can get fans back to turf, the better, really. Yeah, definitely. And I think everybody's got their own individual routines, haven't they? So, you know, I go to the home games with my dad. Um, we go to, I don't know if you know, we go to the Foundation Club in the Jimmy yeah, McElroy. Yeah, yeah. Um and obviously, we, we even just a journey going from Wigan to Burnley. It's about forty-five minutes. You have a chat about the game on the journey. Um, you know, you go. We always get to the turf more about half twelve. We watch the first game in the Foundation Lounge. Have a little bit of food. Have a couple of pints. Then we, you know, we meet my aunties and cousins in in, in there and, and stuff. And then obviously, you go on the game and you just look forward to it, don't you? Know you, like, you know, obviously, there's a lot of people. They work hard through the week and. They look forward to, you know, Saturday morning waking up, going on the turf or, you know, setting off early and, and going to an away game. Obviously, getting up at, you know, six o'clock or whatever it is for work is difficult, but getting up at six o'clock to, you know, get a train or, you know, get a coach or drive down to London to watch us play away, is, you know, it's a it's a different feeling, isn't it? It's a, that excitement that you get and, and that's gone and it'll feel... You know, if I am fortunate enough to go to Turf more, hopefully in the next coming months, it'll be a real surreal feeling, but a real, it'll it'll be an, it, I think it'll be quite emotional to be honest, George. I think because because I don't live in Burnley, you know, I've I've not obviously with the restrictions, I've 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 not been since was it March the last game. So it's a long, so it's a long time too, especially for people who don't live in the town. Yeah, I, I agree. Like obviously, we've been living down in Bath. I've not been, you know, back since. Well, I remember actually um, over the summer. Obviously, it's back home. You know, with the whole COVID thing, and we'd been obviously no fans in grounds, whatever. And I, I did a route with my dad, uh, you know, cycling, and I made sure that we went over Blackhall Way and we went past Turf, like literally just to. And this was back. We'd only been gone a few months yeah. just to see it. And like, just to think how long we've been gone now, and it's it. Obviously, it's positive to see fans getting back in stadiums, but it is bittersweet for us because we're seeing all these clubs, uh, you know, down south getting the fans back in. Mm. And obviously, this is it's seeming quite a, a way away for Burnley. Um, so it is bittersweet seeing these fans getting getting back into grounds, and yet we can't go back to turf. But the the day it happens, yeah, I completely agree. It, it will be walking through. You know, for myself, I walked through Turnstile 32 to get the, to the James Hargreaves upper. Just the little things like that, <laughs> that you just, it's, it's not even part of your life yeah. anymore just because of all our, all our lives have been turned upside down. But I, I think something we must do is 
the next uh, the next home game where we're all there, I think we've got to meet up in the non in ever group, you know, in in, a, in groups of six, whatever the restrictions are at the time. Because I don't think I've ever actually met you, Richard. I'm pretty sure I haven't. No, I don't think so. You know, going back to that in a minute, I, I feel quite. I don't want to sound like I'm kind of getting emo, you know, getting all the soppy on the chat, but it's it's been nice to be part of this known in ever team, you know, because you know you you you're, you're still talking about fellow Burnley fans, you know, about the game, and and it's a bit better than getting on Twitter and and you build relationships with yourselves and and obviously the other team members. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met you. I've met Tom. A few away games, I, you know, I definitely spoke to Tom quite a bit at Watford away in next last last season. So, yeah, that'd be great. Even speaking to the idiots who sit <laughs> near you, who talk absolute nonsense. I've there's a fellow who sits in front of me who just talks absolute garbage <laughs> all day. I can't wait to see him again and tell him to shut there's up. A, there's a bloke behind us <laughs> in, in the James Argies up, uh, and he's he's well he's renowned around our our little block. He, he every few minutes he's up yeah, screaming yeah. at the ref. You're useless. You're absolutely useless. And and I remember one my game. Dad. <laughs> yeah, <at> him. <laughs> is that Mr. Steele? Well, a couple of games, the stewards, the stewards have had to come to um to actually tell him to be quiet. But I just missed that. Oh really? Is that it's that bad? bad honestly, it's it, wow. it's yeah. brutal. <laughs> I sit about um two rows down from Phil. Bird. Oh, re- oh really? So like. Yeah, literally just direct from him. And obviously in that bit, you get a lot of the, you know, like the, obviously the ex-players yes. doing commentary yeah. and stuff like that. And my dad loves looking who the pundit <laughs> is today, especially for the other team. Say if we're playing Tottenham, he'll be like, I don't know, I'm just mm. thinking of a random name. He'll be like, oh, it's Jonathan yeah. Woodgate, that. Jonathan Woodgate. And like, Jonathan Woodgate's on commentary and my dad will shout, Hiya, Johnny. How are you doing today, <laughs> pal? <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> but to be fair, they always like wave back yeah. at him and stuff like that. And now, do you know that um, Rob Palmer, who does the yes. Sky Sports News and yeah. is at the turf yeah, yeah. quite a lot, he's on first. He's on first team, first term names with me dad now. Because <laughs> <laughs> after the game, my well, dad would be like, my dad would be like, all right, Rob, great win. We're like, yeah, <laughs> no, nice one, Phil. Enjoy it. <laughs> on first day basis, just from the hassling. <laughs> Yeah, just from the absolute stalking and being an absolute weirdo. But yeah, it's just, it's all that. And it's just, remember Natalie said on the pod we did last week and, you know, for you know for the listeners who don't know, you know, Natalie has an unbelievable busy job and, um, you know, my job's pretty hectic, but nothing compared to that. And it's just when you go to the turf, you know, for them few hours that you're there, even before the game or whatever, you just don't think about anything else. All that math, you know, that 90 minutes of that game is the most important thing, isn't it? Or... That pass that's being made, or that missed header, is the most important thing in the world. And even though you still feel it on telly, you don't live through it the same. No, not at all. Do you, do you know what and I mean? I think that's been compounded for us with the you know poor start to the season. I, I think yeah. the, the game we won the other week that was the who did we beat at home? Was it uh, we won Palace? Palace? Yeah, that was the first time I've celebrated a goal all season. <laughs> Just because they the won wow. the one or two other games where I think we got an equaliser at the start of the season, I'd, I'd been working. So I think yeah. just being away from the, the ground and then compounded with our poor starts of the season, it's just led to like, you yeah, just distance a bit from it. Yeah, so it's, I, it's just, I can't wait to get back. Even just to see fans back in the ground. I know it probably won't, you know, it, the chances are we won't get in just on the ballot scheme. You never know. But just to see fans back, it'll be such a nice moment. You know what? And we can go on to the tier system all we want and, you know, we'll have our views. I know probably mean you, George, sir. Share quite mm. similar views, don't we, on stuff to do with that? But 
I, I still think it's great that even like tonight fans are back in and yeah, the, you know, the, I'm, I'm quite torn in it because I think, you know, say if Brighton, for example, can get fans in, but we can't, will that give our oh, Fulham, you know, they're a relegation rival of, of ours. Does that give an advantage? But at the same time, I still think it's better than not having it. If we were putting tier two and, and somebody else was putting tier three, and we wasn't allowed it, we'd be kicking off. Yeah, we? well, this is the thing. So, it's, it's a really fine line. It it's is really difficult. difficult. We um, Obviously, Liam, you know, on, on our panel, is a mem- uh, board member of the Clarence Trust. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to go attend a meeting with the Clarence Trust board last week, and there was a range of views on there, and, and you know, the, the majority of them was leaning towards, you know, I, it, I just don't think it's right that half of the teams are getting mm. fans back in, relegation rivals, and because the sporting integrity, it's not a fair playing field. Like it, it just isn't. But obviously, for supporters groups, you're towing a fine line because for the last six six months, so you know, since that happened, there's been yeah, this yeah. massive push to get fans back into stadiums. So to then now turn around and go, oh, you know, oh, not yet. Wait till everyone can get them back in. It's a hard argument to make, but I do think there's merit in it because it does give an unfair advantage to teams that yeah. have fans in. It's a difficult one. Definitely. I think, listen, Turf Moor, it's, it's all 20, I think 22,000, doesn't it? Yeah. Something like that. You can you can, you can can safely get 2,000 people into Turf Moor where everybody's isolated. Again, I think pe- people's got a right, haven't they? And obviously Burnley's done a survey. I think, and, and other people are different, but me personally, I would go to the game if it meant me getting there early, yeah. sitting in my seat, having to sit in my seat at half time and maybe not being able to buy a pie and a drink and stuff yeah. like that. And just again, I, time I, I personally will be willing. Yeah, I personally will, will be too willing to take that sacrifice and obviously other people don't. And that's fine. Everyone's got an opinion about that. But I, I definitely think that, you know, I just look at, you know, the you know schools. You know, we, we've, we've got over a thousand people in our school. And it's and it's just like so crammed, but then two thousand people can't go to Turf Moor, or even a thousand people can't go to Turf Moor to watch a game of footy. Exactly. Yeah. And you can stagger it. You know, you know, you can stagger it the times people come in. Yeah, and even if you had look, if you had to wait around for you know an hour, even it's not an issue. I'm not, not bothered yet. Yeah. No, because you've waited that long. You know, Burnley could put the big. You know, put another. Again, I'll, I'll have another issue if anyone's listening. James Argreaves up, and we pay the most money for season tickets, and you can't see the screen. That needs to get sorted. <laughs> I, but anyway, I'm that's another that. issue, I mean, isn't it? It doesn't affect me as much. I'm on the front row of the, the upper. Well, I'm yeah, I'm not like bending <laughs> my neck. But anyway, I, I think we, we've we've chatted enough nonsense oh, yeah, tonight. Exactly. But I will, I will, I'll I'll finish the pod, and you know it's this beginning of December now, and you never know when we're next going to chat. So I was just going to ask you what what your plans for Christmas are. Plans for Christmas? Well, um, my my good lady's Irish, so and 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 she's not been home since the summer. Um, we were supposed to get married in the summer and stuff like that. It all got cancelled. So hopefully, all being well, we can we can we can get over to Ireland for Christmas and and, and spend it with uh, with oh, the in-laws. Yeah, a bit of normality. Yeah. And yourself, George? Yeah, yeah, we're hoping. Yeah. Obviously, this this Saturday, if if, if all goes well, my my test, come, my second test comes back negative, I'll be back home, and then yeah, just the same, you know, just the the house, the three mixed households over Christmas, over Ray Greenway, yeah. uh, over by Kirkham. That's where half our family is. Who are from Burnley? So yeah, just, nice, hope, lovely, part yeah, of it's the lovely. So hopefully, just a bit of a yeah. a more normal Christmas day. Uh, compared to the bonkers years, bonkers year we've had, yeah. Uh, and I think 
Well, I was just going to make a mention of it. This, this week, it's obviously, I'm a celebrity ends. So I think we've got to all wish from one and ever good luck to Jordan North as it comes to the finale. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping yeah. up with it. I think your missus has been making you watch it from what I hear. I said that at the time and then recently I've kind of been, I've not told her that, but <laughs> I, I've, I've been enjoying it. <laughs> Loving it's a stretch. <laughs> Loving it's a stretch. Um, no, but it's been good. I think it's, it's been nice to see, um, you know, somebody represent the, 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 the town and the club so positively. And I think it's, yeah, fingers crossed Jordan wins anyway. But yeah, he's a bit soft, like, isn't he? But you know, he's a he's a good. <laughs> a bit... I don't. I can't. To be honest, I can't no, take the moral high ground because I don't know if I'd fare much better. I'll just say that. I know. I, I'd say that, but then you put me in it. I reckon I'd. Uh, I'd, I'd yeah, and you're having to eat. You know, a cow's a cow's bits down there, and you're you'll be struggling. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly I could have made a podcast. joke about that, but it's a family show. Yeah, we're a family inclusive show here. So I think what we're gonna yeah. we're gonna end on yeah. is saying, you know, good luck to Jordan North in there. I think it ends this Friday. And we hope you've enjoyed listening yeah. to us two ramble on for probably the better part of an hour and we've been sat here for an hour and forty six trying to get our uh, podcast <laughs> to work. But you know, come hello high yeah. water, we will get the podcast out to you. The only and ever you can rely on us. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening and let's hope for uh, three points at the weekend. Yep, against Everton. Just a quick score prediction from you, Richard. Um, 1-0. Yeah, I, I'm going to score the same. 1-0 Burnley and hopefully we can, you know, just move up the table a little bit and make our game in hand count. So it'd be nice to speak to yep. you, Richard, anyway. Cheers, George. Bye, mate. Bye. Bye. And that is all we have time for this week. Um, thanks to George and to Richard for painstakingly going through that analysis and having to relive another horror show um, at the Etihad and basically just having a bit of a chat with everything else that's going on. Um, Dave and I will be back um, on Friday with a preview show looking ahead to Everton this weekend. Um, and the rest of the team will be back on Tuesday to analyse what will hopefully be more of a Palace-style result than a City-style result and get the Clarets back to get some more points on the board. Um, my thanks as ever go to producer Matt for putting this together and to Banjoys for providing the music. But our final thanks go to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. This has been the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.